If you're tuning in, just rapture. Pray in tongues with everyone in the audience for a couple minutes. Cleanse your house. Cleanse your spouse. Cleanse your mouse. Zudra bukuriyadri. Shadra. Oyo, yo, 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 yo. Karri andre putri karru, tur kundru, sutru mukurri, andre putri kidri. Arrandre putri kidri burra. Iri andre putri mushi, andre putri kidri kidri. Release the new thing upon you right now from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ and the river of the seven spirits of God before his throne. Bam! New season, new beginnings. Believe and receive. It is good to be back on the attack like a Big Mac. Extra special sauce. Glory! Let's say hi to the audience. There they are. Bless them. Fire! Pray for the people in Minneapolis. They're praying for you. Pray for us. Thank you, Jesus, for a people that know how to pray just to make it today. <laughs> Woo. Oh man, my nose is buzzing now. We had a great broadcast in Beezleboo's Cloud Chariot. It's so different, but so refreshing. Coming down off the mountaintop, living at 12,000 feet the last two weeks, on the top of the Rocky Mountains in Colorado, USA. It was so bright. It was so exceedingly bright coming down from the mountain that I could see the light being poured into the valley when we came back down to sea level at 800 feet here in Minneapolis. It was like an outpouring of mountaintop light. And then it just all got poured out and today it was all gone. Not a bad thing, it's a good thing. Pour your, pour your, pour your life out as a drink offering on the altar of God. It is written. So I just want everyone to focus on pouring out everything in their cup right now. All the expectations that you have on me, on Red Letter Ministries, on yourself, whatever is going on with you, just pour it out. Just release the fresh river from your spirit and just believe God that there is a portion of the river of life that's going to come through your bodies right now, fresh and brand new. Let everything be cleansed in you and start brand new. 2023, 
You know, we say New Year's resolutions, New Year's new beginnings, new, 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 new. Behold, I make all things new. Right now, let there be an activation of the newness in your spiritual stomach, in your soul's heart, and in your brain and your mind, and in your bones and in your marrow. Right now, let the new thing spring up in your heart, something you've never seen before. Everything your mind's attached to, just let it go. Cast your cares, he cares for you. God can't do anything new unless you're set free from the old to make room for the new. We say new beginnings, but we have very little room and soil for new words to spring up into new ideas, new behaviors, new belief systems, new addictions and patterns of behavior. It's got to be new, which means you're going to have to make room for the Word of God in your spirit as soil to spring up in different fruit, different experiences that you never had before. To live in the awe of God is to watch the fruit bearing of the Word of God from your spirit bearing forth its fruit in the light of God's sunshine, in the water of God's rain, constantly upon the seed of the Word of God. <laughs> and there's just all kinds of stuff. We release the plow and the ox of God in this place just to thresh everything that can be threshed. <laughs> right through your spirit, right through your soul, right through your mind, through your bones and marrow, through your DNA. Everything you believe about Jesus Christ, listen, the Bible says we go from glory to glory, which means you're going to believe something different than you did before. A greater glory is a greater faith believing the same word, the logos of God. It never changes. These words are written down thousands and thousands of years. And before that, they were inside the heart of God. They never change. Heaven and earth will pass away. But the word of God remains the same forever. The only thing that changes is you. If you don't change, the word can't do nothing with you. If you expect this year to be any different, the fruit in your soul on your tree to be any different, you're going to have to have a different stance towards the word of God. Different than what you had before. There's going to have to be a fresh fascination and excitement for the things of God. The dullness, the callousness, like you've done this before. You've never done 2023 before. You've never lived this day before. That's why I believe today, while it's still called today, that you may inherit a new salvation that you don't have right now. God loves you through his word and your reaction to the word is how much it changes your life to experience the life that God gives you through Jesus Christ. If your eyes are on yourself, you get no Jesus. Why? Because you already got you. If you're there just thinking and judging yourself and worrying about yourself and I'm not good enough, I don't measure up. Listen, you yourself is your idol. I can tell you that's what's wrong with most of you. You can feel it. You 
are your own idol. You need to melt it down with fire and get over you and get into Jesus. Jesus Christ is in you, Colossians 1.27. Your job is to realize Jesus. Realize his word, realize his spirit, and get over yourself. Stop thinking about yourself. Stop providing for yourself. Stop protecting and promoting yourself. Stop working for yourself and work for Jesus. What does the Bible say about the apostles? They no longer worked for themselves. They weren't fishermen anymore. Come follow me. I will make you fishers of men. They began to work for Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Have you begun to work for Jesus? See, that's what conversion is. It's a change of bosses. The boss you had before Jesus was the wages that spoil. Unrighteous mammon is working for self and the world. Call working for money, but there's spiritual implications. There's wisdom behind it and revelation behind everything. It's not just locked up in the realm of the natural and it's just simple stuff. It's complicated wisdom. How deep do you want to go down every single thing that exists in creation? Molecule, atom, element, everything is deep. The sweat of the brow is deep. The curse of the tilling of the soil. It can go deep. You can go miles deep into the soil. And then there's spiritual stuff in the soil, in the ground. There is so much going on in this world and it all unravels the mysteries of everything in Jesus Christ, the Word of God. So when you change bosses from money, self, others, whatever, to Jesus and make him your boss, literally, who you work for, who you do everything for, you make him your God, when Jesus is your boss, Jesus is your master, Adonai, Elohim, Yahweh, the Word of God, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, the High Priest and Apostle of all faith, of all of heaven, is Jesus. And if you make Jesus your boss, the things you will gain in your life will never spoil, which means you will begin to add into the temple of your bodies eternal rewards. How do you get revelation? How do you have mystical encounters all the time? You make Jesus your boss. You know, the Bible calls him slave master. I am a slave in chains to Christ. You know what that means? A boss. That I ain't working for man. I ain't working for this business that writes me a check. No, you think so. You're deceived. I work for Jesus. When you work, you work for... Then, when you work where you're at, doing what you got to do to pay bills, do what you got to do to raise kids, feed kids, have a healthy, happy family. You want all that. You need that. That's important. Blessed. Happy to be envied is the person that serves the Lord. You need that. You need to be blessed. But the increase and the intensification of the blessings come when Jesus is your work master. When Jesus is the boss of your life. You know how to submit to a boss who 
has a schedule and says you got to show up at 8 a.m. You know, if you work at home and you're a house mom, your kids have a schedule. They wake up and you're right there. So they tell you your schedule when they start crying, when they start getting hungry. So you have a schedule and that schedule is not the natural man. It is not the children. It is not any of this dimension of dirt and dust. That whole schedule, you have to make the master of that time, Jesus. Because then when you start working for Jesus in the little mundane things of your life, like you read about how Jesus goes into Peter's mom's house, heals her of a fever, she gets up and does house chores. First thing the Bible says. She didn't go kumbaya at the temple and some religious thing. She started working around the house. Jesus healed her and she went to her post in her house and brought the order that Jesus had imparted into her. You need to hear that because God's talking to you. We just sit here and allow God to speak through vessels consecrated by the word of God. You know, ultimately, we study the Bible so that God can breathe through us anything he wants to do. We sit here and allow the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to do anything they want to do through our lives. How? Because we're consecrated. One reason, we're consecrated, sanctified, washed in the water of the Word of God meditating on the Word of God day and night so there's nothing in us that can block the flow of what the Holy Ghost wants to do in this place. And if you're blocked up, it's because you're an idol to yourself. Simple as that. There isn't any idolatry. What's the idolatry of idolatries? Self. You just sit there and it just think about myself. How does this apply to me, myself, and I, and me, 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 me? You got me-itis. You got a serious sickness and disease. It's called the curse of the fall. And you can't think about Jesus. You can't work for Jesus. This is what you got to do. Repent. The Bible says, repent and be saved. Salvation, which is an ever-increasing salvation, is by making Jesus more and more your God and you less and less your God. Now you can talk about mystical stuff and Elohim and I am a God. Listen, man, you'll go the way of the warlock with that nonsense. You need foundational boot camp Christianity, which means Jesus is now the master and God of this body, which is the temple. Who is the master and God of that body that you live in as a spirit being? What is controlling you? What? And you could say, oh, well, it's Red Letter Ministries. I hope so. And I hope you get it in your spirit. And I hope you bear the great fruit of it. That would be the most refreshing thing in the entire world. But you got to mix it with spirit and you got to sacrifice the soul. You got to sacrifice the selfishness. You got to sacrifice the self-willed attitude that rejects Jesus taking territory in your feelings, in your thoughts, in your mind. The selfishness, the places 
in our tent, which is the tent of meeting God, which is your body that you're in right now. You don't need to go to a church. You need to awaken to Christ in you. You are the church. You are the temple and the third temple of Ezekiel 47. You already got it built. It's your body that God's hand made. Now you're living in there. Now you got to awaken to Jesus in there. And when you awaken to Jesus on the inside, you serve him 24-7, 365, and you don't serve another. My sheep hear my voice, and they don't listen to another. Jesus in you. And if you can't hear him, it's because you're eating from sin. If you're not clear in who you're hearing, you're malnourished on the Word of God. You need to eat the Logos, put the Bible, put the Apocrypha, put Jasher, Jubilees, and Enoch, first century wisdom. They all had all those books, so you'll need them today because it's written for today. You need it. You need the Apocrypha. You will be clueless in whole areas of your life without the Apocrypha. It's true. You will, you will lack knowledge. My people perish. Why? The Bible tells you. Because they don't know the Bible. What's the key to inheriting the promised land? It tells you. Joshua 1. Knowing the Bible. Knowing the Bible. Not just in your brain. In your heart. I will write the word upon their hearts and their brains. Hebrews says. You need it in your brain too. Otherwise, your brain dead and Satan's sitting on your head and your life sucks. You need your mind controlled by the word. You need your spirit full of the word. And if you're malnourished on the Logos written word of God, your spirit man is dormant and the flesh is ruling you through demon spirits. Hello? If your spirit man is not built up by eating the Logos written word, your whole life is controlled by devils. Can I get an amen? Amen. Truth in you. We know because we used to be sinners who never fed our spirit. Remember that when you lived in darkness? What was the darkness? I had no Bible in my spirit. When I heard the Bible, and it hit my spirit, I was born again. Understand what Logos, you're saved by the Logos. So the Bible says, Hebrews 4.12, you're saved by the Logos written word. Well, how saved do you want to get? It depends on how much you eat into your spirit. Now, if your spirit, you just like, oh, I don't know, I don't feel it, I don't think. Well, you got idols, man. The reason why your spirit hasn't grown and you try to read the Bible and it's is because you got other stuff you're serving that's sucking you dry. You're attached to altars of demons 100% of the time. And the Holy Ghost is sent to convict of sin, righteousness, and coming judgment, it is written. Amen? So the Holy Ghost shows you your demons. Holy Ghost shows you your sin, where you're connected to the enemy. Oh, you want to get into God now? Holy Ghost starts to show you where you're into the devil. And we don't want to hear about that. We just want God to bless us while we're connected to all our secret sin and flirtatious with the opposite sex and got all kinds of secret pleasures and greed and we still love money and have a hard time ever being generous and we can't think about anything except ourselves and our whole life is 
idolatrous of me, myself, and I, and we want to call ourselves Christians, but you're idolaters. Truth, anyhow. Idolatry is serving other gods. Other gods are called demons. And don't sit there and say, I don't have any. If you don't, please help those that do and be a servant of all. Jesus didn't have demons. What did he do? Go around helping everyone that did. Right? (laughs) Telling them they had demons, bringing the demons out. He was even talking to the demons if you read the Bible. And you say, oh, that doesn't exist now in America. There's more demons in America than there are in Africa. Truth in you. And there's bigger, higher demons in first world nations than third world nations. People are just lost. You're just so buried under the most powerful demons, you're in denial. And it's not about just going around driving out demons, although we like doing that, running around Jerusalem covered in demon blood like King David, holding demons' heads, having trophy rooms full of demons. Come check out all my demons. And he's not talking about on the inside, he's talking about decapitated on the outside. Hello? Yeah. So you have a trophy room. When you face evil, it's opportunity for trophies. If you read the Bible, there's no increase of health or wealth or anything except by decapitation of demons. Show me one verse where the kingdom advances except violently attacking demons. Now, the Apostle Paul, y'all believe the Apostle Paul, he says, you're either on the cup of Jesus or only one other thing, the cup of demons, which means there's nothing in between. And if you're not on the cup of Jesus, you're always on the cups of demons through your selfishness. And we're not mad at you. Honesty and truth speaking is the greatest form of respect towards others. Speaking the truth and being honest with you is the greatest form of respect towards you. Now, I might get confrontational and I might get aggressive. How else are you ever going to discover what's wrong? Do you want to just live as a complacent human being with pouring some Christianity on your head and calling it good? You ain't going to be successful in the end times. You're going to need to become champions, mighty warriors. The Bible tells you, Joel's army, the least shall be like David. Y'all living like David? David gave $14 billion to Solomon's temple. We have one David here. We have zero Davids here. Zero. Not in that measurement. But that's biblical. But the least shall be as David. This has not happened yet. It'll happen when you believe the prophetic word. God and his angels will bring forth its fruit. The Bible says of the last day army of the living God, the least of us, that's you, the worst of you, Everyone's so hard on themselves because they don't understand the preaching of the cross and they just let the demons in their sin beat them up because they're totally confused and don't understand Christianity, don't have a foundation of righteousness as God's love because they're full of Christian iniquity, of false love. But the more intense God is with you, 
I love my children and I chastise those I accept as sons. And if you are not disciplined and corrected and rebuked by God, you are bastards and no children at all. Hebrews says it is written. And it's not about just beating people up with the word. This is a focus on the development of the eternal part of you through wisdom. Wisdom, 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 which means it ain't just beating against the air. Bible says pagans or people that would just teach and preach out of the flesh or out of just sheer emotion beat the air. Well, we could beat the prince of the power of the air a little bit. That's okay, amen? Beat him up! Beat up the prince of the power of the air. You can beat that air up. It's not talking about that. Leviathan word twisters out there. But I'm telling you now, there's a wisdom that will melt the golden cow and remove the sweat from your brow and annihilate every single area of your life that doesn't have the perfected victories of Jesus Christ already working in it. Now the Bible says Jesus ascended on high. Amen? He has everything working for him. Colossians says, in the entire universe. Do you? You know why you don't? Because you are focusing on building yourself up, which is Christian iniquity, witchcraft, and not focusing on Jesus Christ taking you over from the inside violently through burnt offerings, which is the sacrificial system of the new covenant, fire to fire, glory to glory, burning up your hearts and minds and flesh. He must increase, I must decrease. The apostle prophesied of the new covenant in the river of life. If there's any other activity in your life than the increase of the fire of the Lamb of God, you are serving devils. So, what's the commandment? Repent and stop serving the altars of demons. What is the temptation of the altar of the demon spirit? To look at yourself. That's how you know you are serving the altars of devils. Don't tell me about anything that justifies that you're right standing with God. God tests in what? Fire. What's the test? Fire. Fire is the test of all believers' works, it is written. If we test you in the fire of Moses and the Lamb on the mountain of Zion in Revelation 15 and the overcomers singing the song of Moses. Woo! That's a mountain burning with fire. Singing the song of the Lamb. Woo! That's a mountain burning with greater fire. That's greater fire. That's a fire that burns iniquity. See, the fire of Moses burned what? sin. It burned the outer man. They died externally. The fire of Jesus will not only burn the outer man, but it will also burn the inner man. See, that's why you get people backing off from the baptism of fire. <clears throat> oh, I got that. I got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Fire is just cleansing, brother. Fire is just the purging, brother. Now, I tell you the truth, you're lost. The fire of God is an ever-increasing fire until the Father is your Son. Truth. Why is Jesus brighter than the noonday sun? Acts chapter 9. Bible tells you. 
because he has the father as his son that's brighter than the noonday sun. Start with the son, work your way up, glory to glory, until you're in the father. The Bible says the overcomers in Revelation will have the father as their son and the Lamb of God as their moon. They'll no longer need the moon because the Lamb of God will be their moon. It is written. They'll no longer need the sun because the Father will be the sun. Which means until the Father is the sun, you're gonna need the sun. They shall shine forth in the kingdom of their Father as the Son of Righteousness, Jesus Christ said in the red letters. Now, why did Moses say, one comes after me, and if anyone does not serve him, he'll be utterly cut off from the people? Yeah, John the Baptist times Moses in a collaboration. It's good, yeah. And they ain't fighting over souls or sheep sheds or any of that. There's no strife above the sun. There's no strife in the angelic realm called the kingdom. What's the evidence that you are not in the kingdom realm? Bible tells you, envy and strife. Why? There, if you're in the kingdom realm, it's the realm of angels. You have entered Zion, the city of innumerable angels, which is the kingdom realm of God. The angels have zero strife towards any other angel's size, work, deed, rank, don't matter. You'll be the lowest ranking angel. All you do as an angel is just sit out in a field for like trillions of years. That's it. You just sit there, maybe guard a piece of wheat or something. And you just, most of the angels never even seen you before. You're like one of 150 billion, trillion, quadrillion angels in that realm. And you're just out there and no one has ever even seen. God sees you as an angel. But that angel, if, if the greatest archangel were to come around, that angel ain't gonna look at that angel and be like, Oh, I wish I was like Michael. Oh, I wish I had the great exploits of throwing the Prince of Darkness down and defeating the Red Dragon and being the leader of angel armies. That angel cannot think like that. When you're in the kingdom, you think differently. It's just like, oh, so awesome, so awesome. You think exceedingly high of everything else in the realm of light. How do we know there's darkness? on the land, deep darkness on the people. That there's envy, competition, strife, comparisons, divisions, factions, jealousies, lusts, coveting your neighbor's belongings. You know, covetousness. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's belongings. Be like, oh, bring the law of Moses on you. Yeah. Nothing wrong with the Ten Commandments. Oh my gosh. We want the Ten Commandments. To make Ten Commandments, put it right into your spirit. You probably get blasted more than all the toking the ghosts you've done the last ten years. Amen. <laughs> oh, here's a, oh, where did the Ten Commandments go when he came off the mountain? He drank them. The Bible says it melted the golden image of all their self-idolatry. So what do you need, the law? You need the law. You say you don't need the law. Without the law, there is no riddance of sin. The law is for sin. Is there a preaching of the law of Jesus Christ from Mount Zion? What do you think Moses and the Lamb is? Putting people under the law? What law? 
The law that dissolves golden images in the wilderness and makes them drink the cup of the new covenant? These people are insane. Hypergrace has polluted the charismatic church that people cringe at the severe things of God. We have strayed so far from the mountain, we have come up with belief systems God doesn't even think about. Belief systems that have never crossed the mind of God are in Christianity everywhere. God doesn't think like that. God doesn't do anything wrong. God never speaks a lie. Listen guys, half of you need to go back and read the Song of Moses. Why? Because the Bible says the overcomers are singing Revelation 15, the Song of Moses, the Holy Torah. Amen. What does Torah mean? The instruction of the Word of God. What is Moses? The instructor of the Word. Who is the Lamb? The Word of God Himself, standing on the mountain of God the Father. You think you don't need Moses, you go straight to the Lamb. You are a Gentile abomination of Christian iniquity and a pagan and not born again. You ain't going nowhere without Moses. You ain't going nowhere without Elijah. If Jesus on the mountain is meeting with the angel of Moses and the angel of Elijah. Do you think you're better than Jesus? These Christian whores of Babylon, these workers of iniquity, these false brethren everywhere, and it's, you can blame leadership, but it's everyone's fault for not going deep enough into the word to burn up the animal as a burnt offering. For the cross not incinerating spirit, soul, mind, and flesh for what's available in the new covenant perfection of Jesus Christ. God's going to bring it forth in a remnant. Romans 9 says, Therefore only a very small remnant shall be saved. It says very small. A very small, why is only a very small remnant right now even involved in the deep things of God, in the rock solidness of the Logos written word as the law of God the Father on Zion that cannot be altered by man or angel? And why is that controversial now? It is because of iniquity of the fallen angels creating a different Christianity on every street corner in the world. And you sit there and think, I can have my own form and I can not have to be as severe as Moses. I don't have to be as radical as those people over there. I can have my own version of Christianity, my own in individual interpretation of prophecy that's forbidden. That's how you get into witchcraft and sorcery. You start interpreting the scripture apart from the 12 apostles of the Lamb and you become reprobates overnight. If your interpretation of Paul's writing, writings are different than Paul's interpretation, you are a heretic. Truth anyhow. So you better get with the angels 
and you humble yourself before the Word of God as you learn. If you sit there and be like, oh, I got it, and I watched it on YouTube, I put the Bible on, I have it listening on my earphones, I play it in my car, and I've meditated on the Word of God day and night like Joshua. I'm certainly going into the promised land to inherit the seven nations of Canaan. There ain't a giant out there that can stop me. You better make sure what you believe is the same as Joshua, son of Nun, that wrote the Bible or you won't have success. You better get to the angel of Joshua. You read the Pentateuch and you want the results of Moses, the signs and wonders, the greatness, the holiness, the luminary power of Moses as God over Pharaoh and Egypt and dominion over the elements, molecules, and atoms. You better get with Moses on the mountain to have the same results. To try to get the same results of the apostles reading their Bible and not being with the apostles or their angels is sheer iniquity. And therefore there's no loyalty to the men who wrote the scriptures and laid their life down to become the word made flesh and the oracles of God. You see, it requires experience that burns up the doubt, unbelief, the selfishness, and the religion off of you. Don't listen to anyone without experience. They have no wisdom. Why was Paul the authoritarian everywhere he went? I don't care who you are, Barnabas, it could be Peter there, Paul goes up, charges Peter, rebukes him to his face in front of everyone. How could he do this? He wasn't even one of the 12. He wasn't even with Jesus because he had been with Jesus in 17 years of sanctifying his evil spirit, his evil soul, his evil mind to get all the religion out of him, to get all the idolatry of self out of him. And he put the time in to get over himself so that when he encountered the apostles, he was not encountering them as a man, but as God formed inside his temple. I don't want to know anything amongst you, it is written, except Jesus getting formed in you. And if there's a blockage and you can't let Jesus take over, we are going to preach against you as workers of iniquity and servants of demons. Because that's exactly what you are. Jesus does not serve demons. Jesus has zero idolatry. Apostolic work, the Bible says, is to labor amongst you until Jesus be formed in you. And Jesus is perfect. And you know what your perfection is? The yielding and sacrifice to the perfect one. And you just haven't done it because you don't want to give up yourself because you want to live a fallen angel life. Because you're evil and you're wicked and you love yourself and you don't love God. Amen. Good night. You want me to lie to you and say, oh, I can just pour some Christian magic on you? Just take some false love and everything will be all right. You can cling to your soul. You don't need to sacrifice your soul to Jesus. It's good enough to just confess him as Lord, like the demons. You can just have demon level faith and shudder, pretend like you're good. How about 
you make room for Jesus inside your temple this year and do damage to your idolatry of self. Idolatry of family was the number one killer and sender to hell in the days of Jesus Christ's first coming. And I'm not saying neglect your kids. Anyone that doesn't take care of their family is worse than an unbeliever, it is written. So you're going to need a salvation level wisdom like the Holy Ghost is with you. You're going to have to listen to God and get over yourself and all the demons you listen to. You're going to have to get worldly wisdom out of you. You're going to need the spirit of wisdom, which is the blazing torch of the presence of Almighty God given to you through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And you're going to have to learn how to yield and allow the Holy Spirit of Jesus. The Holy Ghost is Jesus' spirit. Don't sit there and say, God's not with me. Emmanuel, the Holy Ghost is everywhere. As soon as you make room for him by sacrificing your spirit, your soul, and your mind, and all the dumb crap you believe in in your pagan iniquity Christianity, Holy Ghost comes in like a flood. Coming in like a flood when you get over whatever human garbage you've been doing and calling it God in the blasphemy of the animal. In the idolatry of the animal. What is idolatry? Valuing the animal, self, flesh life, brain life, five physical senses, and the ability of these senses to reason the things of God is blasphemy. How much blasphemy is in your souls? Let there be less. God knows that it's difficult to empty Christians of their blasphemies all at once. Most of you just die. Truth anyhow, blasphemy is calling the things of self and soul and flesh God. Like, oh, I've been reading the Bible, really pressing into God, and you're only just putting the things of God in your soul, and it's just devil worship. You know, every warlock has the sacred text of covenant religions. You know, you're like warlocks. Do you use the scripture for Jesus to increase or for some other Jesus just to bless you like a fallen angel? What's the intentions of your heart in the pursuit of God? Is it for self or for God? If it's not for God, you don't love God. You're not even Christians, half of you. Truth anyhow, you're here looking, what's in it for me? By my suffering being around people on fire for God. I'm just suffering like foolish virgins around here. Just get out of here. Seriously, half of you haven't even come to an end of yourself to even become real Christians yet. And hopefully the preaching can be powerful enough to convict you like older prodigals that have only added the things of God to yourself and you're the most wicked, evil people in the whole world. And yet you call yourself Christians. Truth anyhow, there is no greater evil than applying the things of God to the self-nature. The very definition of iniquity, the very acts of the Antichrist. What are angels of light? What are the temptations of devils, fallen angels? They are to apply the things of Jesus Christ and the New Testament to you without having to give you to the cross. That's why you're so screwed up. 
because the devil has deceived you that you are going to make it and you're not the burnt offering. You are the offering. You are the living sacrifice. You are what dies daily. You are what gets crucified with Christ. A crucified life is the life of a priest that understands the abilities of Jesus. The fact that there is so little true new covenant priesthood shows how much iniquity and selfishness is in this generation. Now, I'm not saying it's everyone, but the only places where there's actually God are the places where there's crucifixion of self. You are not going to find God anywhere else except the cross, the tree of life. The cross of his blood is the eternal ancient tree of life and you Gentiles get engrafted in to that tree through how? Getting crucified with him. And you sit out here, you're not crucified, and you just judge yourself, and you let the fallen angels beat up your e- or build up your ego, or sometimes beat up your ego, like false conviction, false suffering everywhere around here. And you say, oh, I'm doing the best I can. Jesus is the best you can. First and foremost, ingraftation means you're not your own. You can't even have eyes of self. The eyes of self are the eyes of Satan. Your eyes begin to be the tree of life, the Ophanim, the real angels. The fact that the angels are not your eyes shows how little you've actually been engrafted in to the bloodline of the tree of life of the cross of his blood. And we just think, maybe apart from the tree, apart from the cross, apart from Jesus, I can do something out here. And all you do is iniquity, transgression, and sin constantly. Jesus is perfection. And being perfect as Jesus is perfect is you dissolving into his cross through daily crucifixion. Now, come on now. Truth. Anyhow. You want something applied to you to look good in the eyes of men. The cross never looks good in the eyes of men. You never see a man applauding it. You'll see angels applauding it. Those aren't men. Those are men who have died and become angelic. Okay? Totally different. Not even the same kingdom, not even the same world, not even the same wisdom. Totally holy to the Lord. As you change through constant crucifixion by the word of God, engrafting your spirit, souls, and flesh into Jesus, you will grow in the experiences and wisdoms of Jesus. And there are wisdoms, many, many, many types of wisdoms of God. Many pools of wisdom around the fountain of righteousness. It's not what you believe. It's far beyond anything you could believe. It's what the Father himself in heaven believes. And it's an endless discovery. And you've only just begun if you're in your 90s. If you've been a Christian in the glory of God for 70 years, you're just getting started. I would say to you, 95-year-old Pentecostal, I was at a loser. I'd say to you, don't despise the days of small beginnings because you're still in them. The things that God is going to do now, he's never done before. He's never even shown them in the church age. 
The only way you can even have a grid for it is to understand the first family of Adam to Enoch and the Bible says that you cannot go into the great wisdom of God and the abilities of God as kingship and priestship of the heavenly Jerusalem unless you see the first fathers. That's what it says. Unless you see Adam. Unless you see Seth. What does see mean? experience and understand everything they believed and walked in. See! The Bible says see and believe. See and believe. Every word from God is a vision passing through your mind. See and believe. See and believe. If you only believe, then you shall see. Hear the word. Open your eyes and see the first fathers. Let your angels help you because you can't inherit salvation, the Bible says, except through angels. You sit there and think you can just do it through reasoning and hearing some fiery preaching. You're lost, man. Your Christianity's paganism. Real Christianity, 100% of the time, requires angels for salvation because you're going into the salvation of the angelic arena. That's why angels help you inherit salvation, because it's the realm of angels. And you can't get in except through angels. You're born again, now what? Angels. What? What do the angels do? Feed you. What do the angels do? Clean you. Help you. Constantly. Every single one of you, whether you're carnal or spiritual, have angels. Even the most carnal one of you has angels. They're just demons, fallen angels. Amen? Is he talking about me? Shut up. Take the idol of me and put it on the altar and burn. See, if you can hear this word and understand the word is a container of fire, then you can take the places where you sin, all the me-itis, all the idolatry of self, that's the only thing blocking you from a greater glory. There's no other idol except self. Truth in you. And you can just put it into the word, the prophetic preaching of the word of God, and burn it. And when it burns, guess what? Instant illumination. God has received your sacrifice, and it's rising into his nostrils as a holy aroma. But if you sit there and it's about performance in the flesh, you might as well offer God rat's blood. You might as well go down to Iowa and to slit the throats of pigs. God's not going to receive your offering of some kind of carnal thing. God receives the offering of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And if you don't go into the offering of Jesus, you'll never inherit salvation in your whole false Christianity of iniquity, lying lives. His cross is the only altar for you. You don't have an altar. Jesus is your altar. The Bible says he has become our altar in Jerusalem. Truth in it, we ought to be out here on my altar. My, my tithes and offerings are my altar. No, that's what the angel does when it works in the kingdom when you're working for God as your boss. 
that's like effortless serving God. The altar is getting that animal and all that animal iniquity, which is you trying to be spiritual in yourself, which is why you're still a warlock and not apostolic. Truth anyhow. We burn your spirit. We burn your soul. We burn your bones and marrow on the cross of his blood, for his blood is the river of fire. And if there's any place you're holding back, and you haven't given it to God, He's going to deal with you. And you just say, Holy Ghost, examine me under a microscope. Holy Spirit, reveal the places in my heart where I still hide and shrink back from the sacrifice of myself. Remember, you're the whole bull offering. You are. You are the whole cow offering. You are the whole dove offering. You are the whole sheep, goat, oxen offering. You are. What is the animal sacrifice? Old Testament. What is the animal sacrifice? New Testament. You. Mark of the animal on your forehead. Last time I checked, y'all had foreheads. What does that mean? Until you learn to become the animal sacrifice on his cross, you will only work witchcraft and iniquity and false fallen angel, false Holy Spirit, false Jesus, false Christianity, dust of the earth, Satanism pretending to be Jesus Christ. And you got Christians everywhere that are the highest level selfish Satanists, which is selfishness, pretending to be Christians. And really, like, well, I'm working on it. What's there to work on? You're just holding back whole areas of your spirit, soul, and mind, playing games with God. I've already given him everything, complaining, murmuring, always having problems. You know, someone that burns doesn't have problems. Why? Because the fire of God exudes from them like the Ark of the Covenant. And if there is problems, it's because of only one thing, a lack of the sacrifice of self to the Holy Ghost and his word. All of you are without excuses. Don't want to hear it. God's never listened to one of my excuses. Murmuring, complaining. Is just, that day the heavens were brass. He don't listen to sin. He won't listen to you. He doesn't listen to sinners, the Bible says. What is sinning? Speaking anything from your mouth that's not true. God ain't listening to that crap. God listens to the holy word that never falls to the ground, that never misses a mark, that strikes through exactly what it's sent forth to do with angel power. That's what God's listening for. Don't think God's just listening to all your petty gossip and slander and backbiting. You're just around a bunch of demons because you're acting like a bunch of demons because you're not around the word of God and the altar of fire. God ain't there. He ain't. Oh, God's everywhere. God ain't there. You're with demons. God's there as wrath upon those demons. You're not with God. You're with the devil. Until your mouth is circumcised to speak his holy word full of fire and light and life and wisdom and power and authority, God ain't even with you. He's not. Why? How is God with you? The Bible tells you by the word of God. 
Go and preach to all nations. How will they know unless they're told? The Bible says God's presence is manifest by only one thing. The Word! The Word! Any other stupid, selfish, fallen angel, human word, God ain't there yet. The gospel ain't there. So you're gonna need a preaching of the word of God for God to show up. Amen? Truth anyhow. And every other word that doesn't have the presence of his glory burning in it will die in the midst of those flames. What does the Bible say? Our God is an all-consuming fire. Where? Where is this fire? I haven't felt it in my little pagan church of iniquity on my street corner. Everyone's a whore, prostituting to mammon. God's not their boss. Secret sin everywhere. No conviction. No holiness. Where's the wisdom of the ages? Where's these ancient paths? Same crap working by the sweat of our brow in Christianity as there is amongst unbelievers. So we're totally baptized in unbelief everywhere because we have not experienced the severity of the fire inside the preaching of the gospel. Before this is all over, the gospel will burn everything. You can guarantee that. This word will not return void. It will continue to work until all the internet is conquered. Amen. Truth in you. How are you participating with tonight's apostolic witness? By allowing the word of God to burn you up. The areas you resist, you just go to sleep, curl up in a little ball like a shell, and pretend like you're a Christian. You ain't had no participation. You're a devil. When you allow the Word to penetrate your cells, your eyes, your senses, your reasoning, your nostrils, your heart, your feeling, your emotions, your last name, your business, your finances, your wallet, your bank account, oh, getting real, your relationship with the opposite sex, your desire for a wife and a husband, your kids and every relationship. Now you're getting real. Now God can actually say this person might actually be making Jesus Christ God of their life. I can see them revolving around the word, serving the fire. The priest works the altar of fire six days a week. But in the new covenant, how many y'all know the father never rests and the father is the worker of the new covenant. Never resting. Why? Because it's eternal resting. Enter eternal Sabbath day's rest of allowing the fire of the word of God to burn in you. These apostolic foundations are essential for gaining a wisdom that will allow you the power to rule and reign your regions. God didn't send you out just to be peons under Caesar and his apostles and his governors and his different cities. He says, go and make disciples of all nations. You see a lot of people trying to make a disciple of the USA, trying to make a disciple of the UK, trying to make a disciple of China, 
trying to make a disciple of Australia. We want to make disciples of these nations, Russia. We want to make a disciple of Germany, Austria, Switzerland. Oh, all the Swiss banking system demons. We want to make disciples of nations. We just don't know how. And when we're told, we fight the stars. When we're told, we say, no, anything but that. And that's the way God made it in the beginning. And we don't want it because we're so full of Satan. You notice when you tell people the truth, there's an initial shock and disgust. Why is that? Because the enemy has you fortified in darkness because the truth, when it hits you, reveals that you're wrong and filled with wrongdoing. When the truth hits you, it's not like, oh, that resonates with me. I mean, that, that can be true with established breakthrough where you are already saved. Now you can rejoice in the truth. But at one point, you rejected that truth also. At one point, that truth made you cringe. That's right. But now, since you believe that little truth, that smaller truth, and you got it established in you, it doesn't make you cringe. The Bible says they rejoice in the truth. Love rejoices in the truth. But since you've rejected higher truths, it still makes you cringe. You still get offended. Why? Because you're full of sin. Not going to lie to you. It's because you're full of lies of Satan and his angels, and you're going to have to learn to let it get thrashed through by the angels' belief systems. If you don't believe the same as your guardian angels, your guardian angels are just holding on to try to stop the enemy from killing you. You're not even working for the kingdom. You're not a disciple yet. It's just ma maintenance. Let them just not die. They don't, they don't even have a clue yet. They're not angelic. They're animals. They're living as sinners. There might come a point where your angels will lift off of you and you're handed over to Satan for the destruction of your flesh as the Word of God states. Why? Because you rejected becoming angelic, insisted on something else. God doesn't have anything else. God's an angel. If you want something else, you just got to go get destroyed on sin because you ain't ready for God yet. You're stubborn. You're disobedient. You hate God. You don't like God. You like ideas about God, figments of your imagination, stuff that makes you feel good. Self-justification, which is the Antichrist. You love the devil. The devil is make Jesus in my own image. Make the gospel in my own little culture. I don't have to leave my white picket fence. I don't have to leave my trailer park to learn the ways of Buckingham Palace. I was born and raised in a trailer park. You're going to have to leave everything. I don't care what you are, where you're from. You will leave the earth and ascend into the realm of angels and no longer be earthly. Which means you will overcome every dumb click culture under the sun. I don't care if you think it's good or bad or ugly. It's all sin and iniquity. What is sin? Falling short of the glory, living under the sun glory. That's what the Bible says. Don't look at me like that. Living under the sun is the definition of sin. Is there another way? Yeah, it's called developing your spirit that will fly above the sun. You're not practicing sin. You're practicing righteousness. I saw an angel standing on the sun. It is written, book of Revelation. Christians don't even know the Bible. 
that it says your spirit will stand on the sun. What do you think an overcomer is? Overcome what? World, cosmos, nine times written in the Bible. You're not overcoming the world. You're still s selfish looking at yourself, trying to overcome your little pet sins and calling yourself Christians. That's paganism. Join a Buddhist monastery. You're not even Christians. It's not about behavioral complexes and just refining my animals so now I'm a good one. You're a demon. You still practice Satanism, paganism. You are in the occult and not Christianity. This is about overcoming the world, it is written. Blessed are they who overcome the world nine times it is written, which means cursed is they who tries to refine their behavior to look good at the animal. You realize that's what the Antichrist is? Most of you are still into the Antichrist, which is just correcting behavior in the flesh in the animal forms. Not overcoming, not the angels standing on the sun, not overcoming world, what's the word? Worlds, overcoming planetary systems, overcoming the moon, blood moon, the moon shall be turned to blood. Why? Someone poured the blood on it. The sun of righteousness, they shall arise in the sun of righteousness with healing in their beams and wings. Malachi 4. Someone's gonna rise into the, into the sun. The bridegroom's chambers, Psalms 19, is the sun, the Bible says. Have you risen into the sun? Are you just trapped in your flesh, judging yourself and others unrighteously under devils? Get out of devils and get into the word. Get into the apostles and prophets of the kingdom age get into radical revelation get into wisdom that burns and kills the beasts realize you're a sinner trying to fix yourself realize that all of that has nothing to do with god zero changing your behavior is not christianity crucifying the beast on your forehead, the self, the flesh, the spirit, the soul, the mind, the will, the emotions, the plans, the hopes, the desires, and taking it into a literal place of the cross of Calvary and burning it as a manure pile of Tartarus iniquity of Satan and his angels and allowing the spirit of Jesus to flow out of you like a mighty river of resurrection power up into realms that your spirit can travel. You know what prayer is? Spirit travel. We say, well, that's translation. Translation was what normal prayer was to prophets in the Holy Bible. But you are so backslidden that that sounds new age. Some of you radical out there be like, oh, I already knew that. You need to repent and die too. You need to be engrafted into Jesus. And just because you had it one time, you're not guaranteed it constantly. It can be turned into something that is an ability like speaking in tongues. You can turn it on off. Turn off. On off, on off. So can translation be turned on and off. You want to translate at will? Like the angels, like Adam and Eve, your father and mother, in the garden of righteousness? Guess what you're going to have to do? Burn up your will. God will not give the powers of the universe to selfish brats. 
He ain't gonna give it to Americans. I don't care how many doctorates in divinity you have. I don't care how many crusades you've had. I don't care how many signs, wonders, miracles, and healings you have. May they perish with you into the lake of fire. What I care about is the Father's will as a star system of sunshine, the light of his glory. The Father himself as a throne and you serving that throne like the archangels. You might have to sit before the Father a thousand years before he even lets you move because you're such a strange fire worker of iniquity. Here's what God's going to do. Whatever is going to increase him and decrease you. You think God's going to do something with you? Nothing. Satan do something with you. Come out here in iniquity, start a ministry. Half these people I have to block after I train them for a year because they never go through the cross. They just only want the teaching. They just want the knowledge. And now I'm starting my own ministry. Now I'm taking up big offerings. Now I got 55 people watching me on Facebook. These people are witches. Witches. They have not been sent from God. They are thieves of revelation. Thieves of wisdom. They have none of their own. And those that eat their food shall die. They will go into a satanic prison of chaos. They will have fornication with devils and demons. And the latter end of them will be worse than the former because they've listened to the thieves. It's true. They have listened to those who have stolen water that is sweet. They have listened to those that have stolen bread and have not served the king. What does the Bible say? In the real army of the living God, none of them shall break rank. We love submitting to authority in the true kingdom of heaven army. Why? That is our food chain. That is angelic authority. If I come out from under it, I am no longer a Christian and no longer saved. These fools, these with no fear of God before their eyes, they think they can take knowledge and serve God through teachings. If your spirit, soul, and mind, and bones, and marrow are not submitted to the angelic authority God has put you under. You are a devil and not a Christian. What does the Bible say? Abraham served under Shem 39 years. What does the Bible say? The apostles served under Jesus three and a half years. Is there any instance in the entire Bible where you did not have to submit to angelic authority that was before you, except this wicked generation of iniquity. They say, I don't need any of that. I don't need Elijah. I don't need Moses. I don't need the apostles and prophets. I just need their teaching. I go start my own thing. You are devils and not saints. You are the children of demons and not God the Father. Take everything. Come into order under angel and the fire of God will cleanse you from your sin and rebellion and will cleanse you from your greed and covetousness and your lust for the power of the priesthood of the new covenant which is wickedness and you begin to serve under authority I am a man under authority and I recognize men and women under authority 
loose. When you are under authority, the power flows. The confidence flows. The angels are there. The protection is there. The backup of God the Father and His law is there. And His holy commandment reigns from Zion upon everyone under their authorized authority. Anyone not under the authorized authority in the whole body of Christ is a demon. Why do you think there's demons everywhere? Because there's rebellion everywhere. All you got to do is repent, follow the Holy Ghost, come under authority, learn and grow where God puts you, and you go right up the mountain. What happens if you pass people? You might. You ain't going to pass me. Ever. What happens if you pass people that don't teach righteousness, preach righteousness? You go higher in the mountain. They might condemn you. They might throw a rock at you. Get over it. They might attack you if you keep growing on the mountain. As long as you're under authority, there's no rebellion in you. But if you start rebelling against authority, you are not on the mountain. You are not even close to the kingdom. Go put yourself under authority. These people aren't even teachable. We have one-year-olds, two-year-olds, three-year-olds in the glory. All of a sudden, they think they know something, and they don't listen to anyone else, and they utterly destroy their lives, and the three years in the glory all turn into darkness. Actually, seven times worse darkness than they had when they were in the occult. When they were alcoholics, when they were fornicators, the Bible promises if you leave the authority and power of the holy mountain and become a doer of your own thing, a worker of iniquity, you will guaranteed become seven times worse than the worst times of your entire darkened lives. And just because you're around men and women of light, you think, oh, that light's in me. What happens when they go into the bridegroom's chambers? Weeping and gnashing of teeth, for they had none of their own light, because their spirit was never subject to angelic authority. Angelic authority is Christian authority. Because Zion is the city of angels, the angel of Elijah, the angel of the Lord, the angel of Moses, the angel of Rebekah, my angel. Our spirit man is an angel that has citizenship in the city and kingdom of angels. And if you stay under angelic authority, you'll take your soul and your body with you into Zion. But unless you're under angelic authority as a born-again new creature, which is fully angel, you will never be in the kingdom and you'll always be a mess and a false Christian your whole whoring life of iniquity. Which means get under your angels. Learn from your angels. Get in the place where God has for you. And if you're totally lost, get your nose in the Bible and start reading it, eating it. Listen to the Apostle Paul. And make a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ, your master and your boss and bear fruit right where you're at. Don't come to Minneapolis. Don't come to Joel's Bar. Stay where you're at. This is not a rehab for rebels. Bear fruit in keeping with repentance right where you're at. Bear the fruit of righteousness by taking what you're at, where you're at, and doing the works under the master and boss, Jesus Christ, in the holy, reverential fear of the Lord right there.
and stop rebelling from him where you are. Start serving him right where you are. And your lives will change from glory to glory. Now you're obeying the master. You're learning to be a disciple. Cloud by day, fire by night, every single day, following God, his angels, his commandment, his prophets, apostles, teachers, evangelists, and pastors. And you will not go astray because you love his kingdom. What is a kingdom? A place of dominion of a king. I love your word. I love your commandment. I love your orders. You like his orders? No? You like being told what to do? You still have a stubborn will? You're not a kingdom person. You're not even a Christian. You're fake. If you love the kingdom and you're a kingdom person, it's the dominion of the command of the king. Jesus said, you only love me if you obey my commandments. My commandments are not burdensome. They're easy and light for your angel. But if you try to do it as a carnal ape in your chimpanzee brains, you'll never have it easy and light. If you give God your whole heart, your spirit man, it gets easier and easier. Easier and easier. Why? More of him, less of you. God's ways are easy and light. My yoke is easy. My way is Shekinah glory, light from glory to glory through the heavens. Who can ascend the mountain of the Lord? Jesus, who ascended the mountain of the Lord. When you're engrafted into Jesus, you'll automatically go up. But if you sit out there, try to learn mysticism without the cross as animals, you're all dying into the abyss. You'll never make it. Just forget it. You need to go back to your own cross, bear fruit, and keep you with repentance where you're at right now, making Jesus the master of all your business 24-7, 365. Your dreams, your life, your visions, your words, everything you go through. And get the demons out of you. And all the contradiction, evil spirits in you. Until the word of God be formed in you. Then it's easy. Then you don't hamper and dampen the word and the preaching with your own stubborn contradiction full of Satan and his angels every day out here. But it's a magnification of the word of God, King of kings, Lord of lords, amplifying the dominion of the commandment of the King, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of God in this earth. Amen. Amen. Every other thing in you that hates the commandment, that resists the orders of the dominion of the king. It's witchcraft rebellion. And you gotta burn it out of your spirit, soul, and mind. Every day, you fall more in love with the commandment. What is the bride of Christ? The bride of the commandment. Amen. If you don't fall in love with the orders of the Most High God given to you by your angels, you're not even close to getting married to Jesus at all. You're in this charismatic iniquity horror Babylon. You're the bride of the devil. When you become the bride of Christ, it's a loving of orders of a king. You're under power and dominion to. You don't just come in, oh, I'm the bride of Christ. You're a lying demon. You come in a mess. You come in a sinner. He cleans you up. 
you learn to follow orders, you bear fruit in keeping with repentance, you go from fruit to fruit, glory to glory, by the tree of life and the cross of Christ crucified, spirit, soul, and flesh, taking more and more orders, obeying, 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 until you're a bride. That's not something you do with theology or wearing some dumb prophetic dress at a conference. You're insane, you're mentally ill. You become a bride by taking the orders of God joyfully and desiring His commandments into your spirit, soul, and flesh, terminating everything else except God's Word be fully formed in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. Partner with Red Letter Ministries, 2023. Sacrifice your house for the house of God. Amen. The Bible says your house can only be blessed if you make God's house number one. I know there are many idolaters out here whose house is still number one of self and your own last name and your own bloodline and clicking culture. Listen, man, you're not disciples. You're not even close to the kingdom. <laughs> the kingdom of heaven is the house of the Father. Making the Father's house number one, the evidence and conviction of that reality is tithes and offerings. Don't sit there and think you are serving the house of God if you are not making your money for His house first. You're fakes, you're liars, you're hypocrites, you're servants of devils and false Christians. A house is an establishment and a building of a kingdom, and there is much management in that house. If God's house is not first and foremost with your money, you are evil lovers of money. You're not even close to entry-level disciples. And I know that's many of you, because you just sit out there and you never support God's house. You just take, take, take outside his house. You're like older prodigal son, devil goats. Pan, Satan, the goat head, is still your God in black Saturn. You are not serving the kingdom. You are serving dark, black, pan, Saturn. That's why you only take from God and never give back to God because you're evil, wicked people. When God's house is first and foremost, there is a joyful, cheerful giving because you're building God's house. That's how money becomes a blessing and not a curse. Do it and you'll be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. <laughs> Truth, anyhow.